and run the uh... out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. This is the third try of the How Many More Rally here in Austin, Texas. We're, we're interpreting live from the Austin, Texas Capitol. Right now, we're underneath some stairs with Rhonda Vigil of Uvalde County Republican Party Chair. So um, I just wanted to introduce her quickly. I'm going to tweet out that we're back. Okay, there it is. We're out. I'm going to invite some people. Uh, I'm going to bring up my, my speaker, Gregor, if I can get him here. Let's see here. Okay, we're going to invite him to speak. This is a go live. It doesn't necessarily always have everything put together because it's, it's for people on the road on the go. So I'm just going to invite him to the speaker column. Okay. So, Gregor, once you grab that mic, if you would, and let's hear your voice. The world is a wonderful place. Okay. Can you speak up for us? Yeah, I can speak up for you. The world is a wonderful Yay. place, and I'm happy to be okay, here. Okay, so Rhonda's with me. Uh, Rhonda, do you mind saying hello? Hello, hello. Are you hearing Rhonda? No problem okay, at all. Fantastic. So we're we're just going to take five minutes of uh, Rhonda's time, and uh, uh, speak to her about and your digital voice Some is of the coming shenanigans going on in Uvalde. And uh, so we're kind of in the base. Okay, am I going robotic? Yes, you were. Now you seem to be clear. How about now? Can you hear us now? Can you hear us? Now? I can hear you, so we'll try okay, it. Okay, so it's it's the matter of a door or uh All right, let's get started. Gregor, you had an immediate question for Rhonda that you wanted to tell her. Do you remember your question? Yeah, I do, Rhonda, and thank you so much for visiting us here on the Unsanctioned Citizen. I really appreciate your time. Um, and I looked you up a little bit when we said we we're going to have you on, and congratulations on getting the chairmanship uh, back in, was it September of last year? Um, it, one of the things that you talk about is being so supportive of police. Most people consider the behavior of the police in the Evaldi shooting incident as deplorable, how does that, how does your support translate into, you know, how, do, how, how what is your goal to make that better so that in the future, God forbid, um, there should be any other shootings that the performance of the police department is better? Well, our police men and women are imperfect human beings, just like all of us are. And uh, we all strive to do the best that we can in the community. And uh, we're hoping that if anything horrible would ever happen again that they would feel so bad that they actually go in this time. Well, it, it seemed to be part of it was training 
um, and, and part of it was orders. So what changes have you made to make sure that those things are addressed? I'm not pretending that running into a, shooter, a live active shooter situation is easy. Okay, don't, I don't want to sound flippant because I'm not. Um, it's just that in this case, they had overwhelming force that was not applied. So my question is what training or what, or what, you know, is there anything in the structure of the police department, anything in the structure of training that is being done specifically to improve that? Yes. The sheriff department has um, done some active shooter training and um, so has the city of Uvalde police department. They have also done active shooter training. Okay, my turn. Well, and that's about all we can ask for. So now the, now currently the standing orders are that are there to proceed to um, disable the active shooter as soon as possible versus stack up and wait, which is what occurred. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for your Thank time. Thank you. Okay, Gregor, I have some follow-up questions uh, for, for the, the chair. Um, has this affected the funding of police in your area since the, since the shooting has taken place? Um, not so much the funding. It's trying to get anybody to come to Uvalde to work. A lot of the officers have left because of the pressure of the families um, pressuring, still pressuring them that please do something if any, we still want answers. So a lot of them have left. So we're having trouble getting anybody to come in to work uh, as officers there. So okay, that, the that's funding is there. There's plenty of money. Okay. That's not the problem. We need human beings that want to live in Uvalde County. Has, has DPS stepped in to send state officers to, to complement the deficits of, of police workers? Yes, we have DPS officers at every school. Um, still, our children, when they go out of town on field trips, these DPS officers follow them with, okay. the, with the follow the school buses, and um, there's still a constant presence in our town. So we feel comfortable still, you know, that they're there, uh -huh. but we think they're leaving, you know, in in May. Okay. So, okay. Uh, how does this complicate you? There's a lot of cartel activity at the border, and um, and some of that has filtrated into the local communities and. Uh, it seems impossible to kind of extract one from the other. So how does that make uh, basic education and basic functioning in, in your area uh, competing with other, other Republican and Democratic interests who seem to be kind of squabbling over their, their regular hackneyed immigration issues, et cetera? What, what do you really need from, from this situation to, to rise above what has happened. We need to become united and not have the Democrat or the Republican um, out there. We need to just be a united community mm -hmm. and become family again and join together to fight together and be united. We need to unite our community. Um, it is still torn apart and we definitely have to work on uniting our community. Okay, so um, what are some of the what are some of the things that are kind of working against you? Kind of pros and cons. Like I, I heard you mention that that LULAC has suddenly stepped in as an NGO and and they're really kind of elbowing uh, their way around. Um, and you know what 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 does that even look like? I think you were you were indicating that that you know it was a Democratic Party operative who just put on a brown brown cap. You know, can can you elucidate on some of that? Yeah, so the LULAC um, came in 
not long after the massacre, and they made First, a who chapter. Is, who is LULAC, by the way? Because not everybody's written. LULAC is a company uh, chapter of the Democratic Party. Um, they represent no. They're not. They're not for guns. They're for abortion. They're a her, Mexican heritage. They help the Mexican heritage, and they try to you know get them to know about their heritage, but it's in a very negative way. So okay. they're they're not a very good company. You can look them up. That would be really good for people to actually look them up and learn about them. Also, the the um, Brown Berets. They are part of the. Um, the Brown Berets are part of the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers came oh, so in. they're communists. They're, they're a communist collective. Yes. Go ahead. The Black Panthers came in. Uh, Antifa, the Black Lives Matter. They all came in with Beto O'Rourke. And they um, infiltrated our community. And were not able to heal anything because they keep coming back. And they're not leaving. And they have plenty of money to do whatever they need to do in Uvalde to keep the vote Democrat. Okay. Um, you know, when you talk to normal voters, uh, is it the party that is most attractive or, or what is it, what they're doing? What is it that's a, a, like a draw there? Like when you speak to a voter, does, do they really care what party you're from or do they care what you're doing? They care about the person more than the party. Okay. So there's people that vote um, you know, there's Republicans that will vote for Democrats because they care about the party, the person, and and not just the party. So, you know, that that's what some of the people do, you know. They're voting for the person instead of the party. So. Okay. So, um, how, how hefty, how much weight does it, you know, have uh, groups like LULAC? And- they are coming and give free gifts away, you know, and... and um, they try to influence the younger crowd, and um, they have them. They, they actually pay the younger crowd to do the school walkout and, you know, walk Whoa. out, walk down to the downtown square where all the, the children that pass away, where their crosses are. So um, once they got to the downtown square. Um, and how do you know that they were paid? Uh, they were paid through Cash App because my niece was one of them. Your niece? Was that was enlisted. She, so they, she was paid she, activism. They asked her if she wanted to, and she said no. But they paid her friends. To, they didn't care. No, they no, didn't they care. They were just care. following their parents' orders. They don't know any better. You know, they're just teenagers. So, yeah, they actually paid, and the news media was waiting for them when they got there. So, you know, the parents were telling them what to say and what to do, and um, it was all scripted, sadly. Huh. Well, I mean, I, I, there were a lot of... Uh, media opportunists who swooped on on Uvalde. Um, how would you change things going forward? Um, so something of that magnitude could not, you know, disadvantage the community. Um, I would say we don't want the media there at all. We want to try to heal. We um, would you put a moratorium on on uh, on on specialized media, or would you keep? cameras out for like 20 days like what would it look like um we would like to invite them in and have them maybe you know a permit i don't know something where we get to choose who gets to come in um not not being republican or democrat just being a good person that's actually going to report the real news and not the fake news right 
So would you would you have a preference for say like local uh, citizen journalism? You know, like where people from the community actually talk to the media uh, and are appointed to speak on behalf of the, of the community, or would you prefer? You know, because you can't keep the media out. It's a it's a First Amendment issue. You know, it's it's really dicey. Uh, but but the media controls over Uvalde went off the rails. Uh, and there's no way a community of that size could could have controlled what happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's um it if if they would just do it a little nicer, you know, there's some of them were so aggressive and so rude and oh, so yeah. ugly. They would just walk up to you in the parking lot when you're trying to go grocery shopping and be like here's my card, stick it in your face and be like, you're going to interview. And I, you know, that would really upset people. And, um, I said, who was that? Who did that to you? I don't remember which news agency. I, I think it was CBS. And CBS the, did that. I think it was CBS. Wow. And, um, I was like, I got early Matt, you know, I'm like, I know you're trying to do your job, but listen here, <laughs> you cannot just walk up to people and do that. That, that is rude. You need to have some manners and you need to be respectful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, you know, I was, you know, hopefully my, my delivery, I'm glad I got an interview uh, with the Valley County Chair. Um, it, you've been listening to uh, this, Rhonda, Rhonda Vigil, forgive me, um, Vladi, who's a regular caller, he's, he's from Southern California. Um, he's always got a lot of things to say. Vladi, do you have any questions for our guest before... We let her return to the rally. My, my my question my question to the representative pretty much is in regards to maybe uh, arming the children, the, arming the school the school uh, employees, so this uh, tragedy doesn't happen again. Would that be more feasible instead of having gun free zones and waiting on the police department? Wouldn't it be more proper to have an well trained armed uh, employees, you know, unified school district employees trained? Uh, staff that everybody is well armed, so this will never be the situation. And should there be another, hopefully never. I don't wish it on anyone. We just had our own massacre over here in Monterey Park, California. So you, you probably heard that on the news. So I understand the feeling. It's horrible. It's terrible. But no, there's nothing like prevention. And I know Texas for a fact. And I say this, a fellow Republican, American, is nothing like prevent nothing like acts strategy to preventive prevent any tragedy from happening stopping it quickly is there anything on the books like that that uh, governor abbott has said hopefully maybe the uh, state uh, assemblyman women um for governor abbott he's not really uh, in uvalde very much these days but i have gone before the school board i've talked to the superintendent myself um, I also talked to the guy in charge of security and I said, so what's our plan? I said, how about the angel program that would arm certain teachers if they want and they would be trained? And they said, we're not we're not looking at that at this time. And there was actually a coach that said he would do the Marshall program. He is a veteran and he would be the perfect person to do that. And he volunteered his time of, of learning 80 hours of training and they did not accept that either. So right now we're um, fighting with the school district and trying to come to a happy medium and um, see what we can do. We also try to put at least put a sign out there that says our staff is armed and we will defend our children and our administration. Um, that was uh, rejected as well. Vladi, 
Uh, do you have any follow-up questions before I release our guest? To go through, hopefully, Texas will stay strong. I love Texas. I think I'm going to be heading your way in a few years, the way things are looking in California. But I'm very much pro-amendment, Second Amendment, First Amendment, very much an American. I love my fellow Americans, and I wish you the best in God's name. Thank okay? you. God bless you. You guys take care. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, that was that was a really great uh, speaking engagement with um, the Valley County Republican Party Chair, um, Ms. Vigil. Uh, we release you to the to the rally, and thank you for joining us on the Unsanctioned Citizen. We'll see you later. Okay, so uh, I'd like to return to our regular programming, which is going to be difficult without uh, finding a quiet place which the Texas Capitol, as it turns out, is not a quiet place. <laughs> we do have a few news items. Echoes in the rotunda. <laughs> exactly. Very echoey in the halls. So, um, you know, it was a good interview. And we've had some spectacular uh, coverage today of the issues that are definitely impacting the border region. Um, you know, we had on... Uh, Grab card. So we had a, a counterterrorism expert who had worked for six different agencies, and I'm spacing on his name at the moment. Um, Craig Sw- uh, Swal. No, no, he wasn't Swal. Profane his name. No, 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 no. Um, no, hold on a second. I got it here in our notes. Um, so we'll, we'll get in a second. Craig's. Yes, Craig. <laughs> we'll call him Craig. Uh, I was doing some research on him. I really should know this name. Come on. Where is my mouse? Uh, Swayze. Uh, Sawyer. Greg, Craig, Craig, Craig Sawyer. Craig Sawyer. Yeah, it's close. Uh, also, a.k.a. known as the Sawman. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, he is he is what one would term a... a uh, incredibly credential, uh, intense rectal orifice or badass, depending on how you phrase okay. it. Um, Craig Sawman he's, uh, Sawyer, that's uh, correct. Yeah. Um, ex special forces seals. Uh, he's attributed to seal team six, um, which means he's seen some wet work and he's an alpha uh, protector. He also was, yeah. Air marshal in the early days of the program or at least he was he was actually one of the few active air, few active air marshals during the 9-11 crisis but he is also part of the program after that and he also did uh, diplomatic protection overseas as a contractor i mean this is when you see a movie about a guy who's really has shall we say a certain set of skills this is the picture yeah i i mean he was just you know, he was sent from God to talk to us about how to, I mean, an alpha protector for children who have no protector and who have been literally sacrificed on bad policy by this federal government. And um, so we're still fastidiously, you know, present at the how many more rally, uh, which is covering there's people out there with signs. You know, it's verified that our government has been part of 
directly or indirectly, and in, in some cases directly, involved in child trafficking. Um, one of the links that I have posted in the links section, you go to the links section, should be posted somewhere. Um, I can't a moment, but go retrieve uh, this this um, news item. Uh, the DHS offices were raided about 10 days ago, and the uh, chief officer over child trafficking and human trafficking has been put on administrative leave because there was, you know, definitive evidence that was that was put forward even in committee um, that ch- children are being trafficking, trafficked. Eighty-five thousand disappeared into the system. Well, they found them pretty quickly. They were working on farms and they have been trafficked into, um, uh, unfortunately sex slavery rings and other types of just routine slavery because children are used for household slavery and other people who, people with no conscience, people who don't care will use a child for, um, routine housework, yard work, and they won't care that it's an eight-year-old, okay? And um, so in the middle of the night, the, the Iowa state government passed a law allowing minor children to work up to eight hours a day. Uh, but they need to be compensated. And I think one of the reasons why this is called slavery is because these are children... And they have no guardian. And how are they getting compensated? Well, they're, they're being paid to someone. And the children are not getting that compensation, I think. So that would make it slavery. It would be like, okay, well. Are you, are you telling me that President Biden lied when he said we were just reuniting children with their families? Uh, that's, that's a very funny, sarcastic way to say that. But, but, but no, we're not. No, no, we're not. Their families are not like uh, a farmer, uh, a, a a person of opportunistic nature who takes them and abuses their labor. So, Vladi, uh, did you did you want to say something about that? Yeah, well, well, you know what, Biden did live up to their part that uniting them with some families, but to go to work—that's what he meant. He forgot that line in his dementia. Yeah, he's uniting families with a united children with a family, but for them to go to work in slave labor. I don't know, Vladi. I mean, these kids don't have parents. They're not really here with with parents. That's the other thing is that you know I we're going to go into this a little bit more. Our State Department has a duty that they're they're basically falling down on basic transactional diplomacy, you know, basic representation of American affairs abroad. And so they can't, it doesn't surprise me that they're falling, also falling down on things like basic representation and uh, transactional uh, diplomacy with other nations like third world nations, uh, Northern Triangle nations, and nations that are coming over the border in droves. Okay, people have said that you know I'm going to buy for it. There is simple incompetence involved in this, 
just because of the way that Americans are being kind of left to die in Sudan. Okay. And, and as we, I had a discussion with Gregor, uh, getting Americans out of a war zone in Sudan is like the basic package. It's like the basic no frills, Z-130, get the hell out of there package. You know, go to any embassy, say I'm an American, I'm in peril or in grave danger, I need to get the hell out of this country, it's a war zone. That is the basic representation package. And Blinken's autocracy doesn't kind of allow for those people they're like well we told them not to go to Sudan and now they're just stuck there so uh, K-Mag yo-yo you know which is kiss my ass guys you're on your own and um, so Gregor you know where are you at on, I am yeah, here where are you at on the State Department's handling of, of things administratively well you know, as you, uh, and we can see the continued incompetence of the State Department. Back in the 80s, uh, the early 80s, uh, I was overseas in a foreign country sojourning. And I got involved with State Department people just because when you're in a little tiny country, you get to know the embassy folks. And for the most part, I thought they were competent and caring people. I knew that if something needed to, for some reason, we needed to evacuate Lesotho, Africa, which of course never needed to happen. But I had all the confidence in the world that would happen. Um, when I was 16, I traveled to Europe to visit my sister and the trains went on strike. And um, so I was stuck in Brussels for eight hours and she couldn't get to me and I didn't speak the language. But, you know, I knew even at 16 that I could just go to the embassy and get help. And that's not the case anymore. Uh, we just don't have that kind of confidence because our current, as you said, you know, it's not my problem. You shouldn't have been there anyway. Now, from what I understand, the thousands of people that are stuck in the Sudan, most of them worked in some relationship with the embassy, whether they were educators for the children of the people of the embassy, et cetera. And these people were lured there with their employment and they were told to go there at some point. And yes, there was a de declaration made just before the evacuation saying you shouldn't be there. So yeah, they said they shouldn't be there, but only after it was too late and there was no way to get out of the country. This is just a matter of simple incompetence because we don't value our own citizens anymore. Well, I, I value my citizens. I value my, my, my patriot service members and, and people who, who stuck their neck out to, to be a benefit and an educator and, and a public worker on behalf of America. I respect those people. So what I did was I, I contacted Ted Cruz and I said, why don't we look into stopping their paycheck? Because this is, this is a lack of representation. They scrape taxes off of those people, even though they're in a foreign country. They take their taxes. And so this is taxation without representation. And so for such a sanctions-happy global regime, they need to suffer a little bit of maybe... Maybe someone should stop their paychecks because 
you know, they're not offering the basic services. So I think, I think, uh, I think that resumed discussion. I also reached out to Mike Benz and floated that because he used to be a state department worker, um, you know, albeit in the cyber division and, and I'm hoping that, that they can be reasoned with that. This is, this is not the, the, you know, jet airliner. We're going to get you a shrimp cocktail and a steak while you fly in luxury to, to Morocco to make the jump to, to, to France or Spain. No, this is get in a C-130, uh, bootstrap it, get yourself out of death and destruction. And, and th- there's zero excuse for this. I mean, below none. So I, I want to use the voice that I have to advocate for my fellow Americans. And, and that is what I can ask for. They, they should suffer something, some kind of dereliction benefit of benefit. Like, like they shouldn't get their paycheck. <laughs> well, I don't disagree with you. And some of these hearings that we've had on Capitol Hill over the last couple of months has been very enlightening. Um, you know, Congress has done such a good act. Sorry. Um, Shelby, Shelby Cobra in the house. Um, Congress has done such a marvelous act that, uh, of abdicating the responsibility that, you know, the ATF is now making up rules and suddenly shocked when people question them on it. And it's frightening how bad off it's this, this Republic has fallen apart, not because uh, for any other reason except for the abdication of responsibility of the various branches. All the branches have said, oh, yeah, just let the administrative state do it. And so now the administrative state has all the power. They can do what they want, and there are never consequences. And I'm with you. Let's get Congress to impeach some of these people who have failed miserably. Thank you. Yeah. Who have failed miserably and done their and, and done a bit of poor job. Not just a poor job, but an incompetent job. Right, right. Okay, so there's a few other news benefits that are in the... If you tap the I in the information section, and you'll see the Unsanctioned Citizen Bar uh, with my name. Hello. And then if you just push to the left, there will be a series of news articles uh, on my browser. It says 404. But go ahead and click on those, and they should bring you up to um, supported materials that that, um, come to... To the four. Um, we also had. Wow, it is getting loud in here. Um, they also, we, Gregor, uh, had some supportive information from the prior episode um, about the. Good lord, um, I think it was the office of not Inspector General Gregor. What was what? What office was it that you were indicating that that was part of the international budget where they were given like 18 million to distribute? Yeah, it was for the internet. Go ahead. Um, The International Office of Migration, which is fully funded by the United States government, has been since 2012. They're the ones that put together literally kits that they give these migrants Mm -hmm. in order to help them. In the episode with um, Mr. Nunes, we talked about these anti-rape kits or these pre-rape kits. 
where they you know gave them condoms and you know, female condoms and male condoms and you know morning after pills and all this stuff to keep them safe um which is just rape me yeah go ahead and rape me because i can tolerate it kind of thing it's horrible and that's all paid for by us um you know you you gave some of the numbers so i won't go over that again well but let me give the numbers that again. one organization eight to panama eight million went to to for food for the migrants and then one million to the panamanian government for administration that leaves a whole like what 10 million that's just where did it go did it go to cartel families like where did it go well we can't have any kind of um, accounting that's against the rules we have to dr- deliver our cash in pallets. Oh, yeah. And in metal suitcases to drug lords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the way to do that's business. That's very 1987. I ran Contra. <laughs> yeah. I ran Contra and, um, you know, the Obama administration did that with Iran. You know, with, I forgot how many, how many hundreds of millions of dollars they dropped off at the literally dropped off in the field of the airport in tehran tehran um you know we, we're yeah we're not we're not good at uh we're not good at with, with our money and and well someone definitely you know, was who knows how much is being someone most certainly was walking around just remember not lo- not long ago just flooding the streets with money the black neighborhood the ghettos and look at the drug problem we now have I mean, the government has always been in the drug business. The thing is, they want to control it for themselves. You know, they're going to continue doing it as long as we allow it. But they don't have to go that far. You know, and there's no no more Iran Contra. It's just right here, the streets of LA, fentanyl, fentanyl problem, homeless problem. I'm pretty sure it has a lot to do with our government. So, I mean, this is a while, and, and I think they, that Craig Sawyer, the saw man, uh, was indicating that there is a lot of corruption inside of our government that is enabling uh, this larceny to happen. And so I'm looking greatly forward to um, to doing our follow-up interview with him and, and then catching more of, of the rally that's going on right now. So I'm going to step outside. I'm going to change horses. Gregor, I mean, did you have anything else you'd like to cover before we, we cut to the rally direct? I just, you know, but, um, I'm glad you talked about the government being involved in creating the homeless problem. You seem to be so right there based on what I've been able to research and find out. Uh, So much of the homeless problem has exploded here in Oregon. Um, There's currently a bill in the state house that is going to make it legal to not only camp on the sidewalks statewide, which right now that's pretty much only in Portland that 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 is currently legal, but they're going to make it that this new law, the Bill 3150, is going to make it legal to camp on the sidewalks. And also, if you harass the person camping on the sidewalk, they can uh, 
file a claim and get you to pay them a thousand dollars up to a thousand dollars for harassment so this passed or, now, or is it just up for up for sale no it's in the it's in the house it's in our it's in our house oh. right now and i'm you know i've been sort of working on a campaign trying to get people to send letters and emails and call, phone calls telling them to not pass it. but our beloved governor Kotek just talked about how important this was to pass and i have not yet figured out a good reason for it um we know these programs don't work we know that the state in california you know vlad can probably speak to cities that are actually rescinding their orders like this that are similar um you know where they're all of a sudden saying no you can't camp on the street or wherever you want anymore because obviously it causes problems Yeah, it's so upstairs. Oregon is going to take it up. Hey, Oregon is going to take it up, and, and they're going to and they're going to uh, make it so we the entire state has to go in the same toilet that Portland is. All right, so we're returning to the Capitol uh, rally grounds. As you can see, it's a busy day at the Austin, Texas Capitol. Beautiful, beautiful day. There's our pink granite building. I hope you can see it. No video. Woo! We have video. No video. Okay, so there's a statue. It's not showing the video. It's not showing? Nope. I still see the hound. How many more? Okay. It was showing for a second, but then it went away. All right, let's start video again. Here we are. There we go. That's it. There's our beautiful capital. That's better. Okay, I'm going to leave the audio uh, brick up. So we've got... We're just going to do our walk up. There's a drone. So we've got drone coverage. <laughs> I don't know who's up there filming, but there. <laughs> Again, there's our beautiful capital. Oh, there he is. I think that's, I think that's Craig up there talking. So thanks for staying with us here at the Sanctioned Citizen. Taping, we're taping. <laughs> oh, that's Chip Roy. sovereign country. We should export the rule of law rather than importing fentanyl and lawlessness and dangerous cartels. That's our duty as Texans. That's our duty as Americans. The thing that I will ask of each and every one of you is to engage in this legislature for the remainder of this session. Engage in this legislature with your state rep and your state senator and the statewide elected leadership. Look, they want to protect Texas, but they got to know that you all are behind them and they got to be encouraged every single day through the end of this session because there's a lot of people who want to say no 
who have excuses for why we shouldn't do what we know we need to do as Texans. There's always a lot of talk every year on March 2nd. There's always a lot of talk about Texas independence, a lot of talk about the Alamo. We walk around San Antonio, we pat ourselves on the back about how great Texas is. Well, are we going to show it again? When those, when those men stood on the wall and we praise what they did for us and we remember it and we pass it down to our kids and grandkids, or at least we do, our schools don't always do it. But we know that's what we should do. You got to ask yourself why. When you guys or your grandparents, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers stormed the beach in Normandy, when they were sitting in a foxhole in Bastogne, freezing, like when they were in the Pacific fighting Japan, going all the way back to the Alamo, all of those sacrifices that we were gale every Memorial Day, every Veterans Day, every Texas Independence Day, it's got to be something more than words. People say, Chip, what are you doing out there when you guys were down there? And they, oh my God, they were just, they were so mean to you on Fox News and the tweets and they were, good grief. That's not bullets flying at you in Normandy. It's just words. If they're going to get mad at you at your church group or the school board or your local community because you dare stand up, that's a small price. Speak up. You have my commitment as a member of the United States Congress in the Texas delegation from right here in Central Texas. You have my commitment to continue to fight to secure the border of the United States. And whoever and whoever shouts things like prove it, let me Google that for you. I have stood up and I'll continue to stand up as I did last week to fight strong legislation and get it passed. When everybody else is watching, we pass the bill. And we're going to pass that through the House, and we're going to send it to the Senate, and we're going to keep fighting. The there same way the Tigers sat on the floor of the there House and stared down the establishment in Washington, we're going to stare them down on the border, and we're going to stare them down on the spending. You guys didn't elect me, those of you who are from the Texas 21st District. The other Republicans, you didn't send us up there for second place. Our job is to go up there and fight for Texans. Our job is to go up there and represent you. We are a sovereign state and a sovereign nation, and our job is to defend the border of the United States. And yes, we need to do that in Washington. But the strongest message that you all can send is if this body, these bodies, send a loud message to the world that Texas is not going to put up with this for another day. Amen. Stand for the crowd. Now I'm just the warm-up act to Laura Logan. That's what you guys are actually here for. So I also know never to overstay your welcome. But I do just want to say this. This is the greatest state in the greatest country in the history of the world. Yes, it is. But there are some folks out there that are wondering whether we've lost our mojo a little bit in Texas. 
And I think it's about time that we demonstrate to the world that Texas is as strong as it's ever been. And then we're going to stand up for the Texas that we knew, that we inherited from our parents and grandparents, and that we're going to pass down to our kids and grandkids. We're going to be sovereign. We're going to be free. We're going to be strong. We're going to promote and protect parents. We're going to stop what's happening with the cartels. We're going to secure our borders, stop the fentanyl, stand by law enforcement instead of the lawless taking over our streets. We're going to cut property taxes. We're going to make sure that parents have a voice in their schools. I'm a Texan, and when somebody here tells me to stay in my lane, I'm in my lane. I'm a Texan. So thank you all for coming out here today. Thank you to Mark Meckler and all the great people who put this up. Thank you to the great patriots like Mark Morgan. We can't secure this border without the help of great people like Mark Morgan, friends like George Rodriguez, all of the people that tell the truth about the border every day. Stay on top of it. Spread the word. Keep standing up for Texas. And then we'll be able to say that we passed down the greatest state in the greatest country in the history of the world to our kids and grandkids. God bless you all. Chip Roy, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Emmy Award-winning journalist and former foreign war correspondent for CBS News and 60 Minutes, Laura Logan. Hey, everybody. I know it's getting hot and you've been here all day, so I'm going to make it quick by my standards. I know Chip Roy is a smart man because he was buttering me up before I came out here, so I wouldn't say anything about him. That's a smart politician. Okay, so I'm an honorary Texan and I'm a proud American, but we have a problem. Because I don't understand if Texas is so great, why we are where we are. I understand. I'm sorry. I understand. I'm sorry, but I got to call it like it is. We shouldn't be in this position. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. How many Texans who went to the Capitol on January 6th to exercise their First Amendment rights are sitting in prison without trial? Mm. How many veterans? How many law enforcement? What are they doing in this Capitol every day? Yeah. Because I know what's creeping into our schools is called pornography. Yeah. I know what's creeping into our schools is called critical race theory under a new name, DEI or some other nonsense. Right? Teaching our children uh, to separate according to the color of their skin. I don't know about you, but Nelson Mandela was one of my mentors. And he didn't teach people to judge each other by the color of their skin. He said that we should do the opposite of that. And that's what I carry in my heart every single day. I was born with that in my heart, to be honest with you. I never liked it. If I saw somebody being treated badly, it was a pain. I felt that physical pain. And that's how I feel today, knowing that Texas is the number one place in the nation for the rape of children for money. That's a reality. So there's been people who've talked a little bit about what happens. But I can tell you there are police officers and border patrol agents and lawyers, attorneys, judges, child protection services, family court, counter trafficking organizations. You know what a lot of these people are doing? Trafficking kids. They're guilty. 
When I started working in this area, I was told by many people, you know, a lot of the organizations that say they're counted trafficking are trafficking kids, right? So this is the this is the harsh reality of why we're here today. How many people are here? There should be 10,000 people here today. Where are they? Where are they? You know where they are? In the great state of Texas, Republican stronghold, they're hiding. Yeah, they're hiding behind their businesses and their family well-being and their this and their that. Nobody wants Republican stronghold, they're hiding. Yeah, they're hiding behind their businesses and their family well-being and their this and their that. Nobody wants to be canceled. Nobody wants to be an outlier. Nobody wants to pay a price. Nobody wants to sacrifice. They want to stand on the side of the river, watching people drown and say, wow, I hope someone saves them. Because I don't want to risk anything. I don't want to pay any price. I somehow expect this. To, I expect Jason Jones to fix it. I expect Jason Jones to fix it. I expect Chip Roy to fix it. I expect, expect Craig Sawyer to fix it. I expect the unnamed Border Patrol agents yes. and law enforcement officers. I expect Chip Roy to fix it. I expect, expect Craig Sawyer to fix it. I expect the unnamed Border Patrol agents yes. and law enforcement officers. I expect people inside the FBI to hold the line. Even when every single day they're being hunted down and thrown out. If they don't fall in line. And where are you? Where are we? Where am I? Where are the journalists? We know where they are. Yeah. They're in the tank. Right? Yeah. They're in the tank supporting a false narrative. One false narrative after another. I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I don't want you to walk away hating me. I don't, you know, I'm used to that. So I kind of don't mind. But my job what I was born for, what I was put here for, was to tell the truth. Yes. That was my job. It wasn't to win a popularity contest. It was not. No. There was a young man here today from Prague University. I sure hope one day that man is leaving this country. Yeah. That's a great man. There was a young man here today from Prague University. I sure hope one day that man is leaving this country. Yeah. That's a great man. 20 years old speaking like that. Is that your dad next to you? No? You should be proud. Okay. I say this. I'm not up here to make grand statements about anything. Let me tell you some simple realities. We talk about the Mexican cartels. They are now the shadow government. We talk about the Mexican cartels. They are now the shadow government of Mexico. Why are yeah. they a shadow government? It's very simple. They don't want to worry about social security, education, this kind of stuff. No, it's much easier for the cartels to let sorry. everybody think that there's Excuse an actual so government sorry. running Mexico. There is not. Okay, number one. Number two, where does the jurisdiction of the United States law enforcement end, ladies and gentlemen? Where does it end? Oh, that's right, at the Rio Grande. Yeah. It ends at the borders of the United States. So when you go into Mexico, when you go into Honduras, when you go anywhere to try to take action against the cartels, you go at the pleasure of the host nation. And if they don't want you there, you don't go. Law enforcement is a failed model 
for countering the most powerful transnational criminal organizations on the face of the earth. It is a failed model. That doesn't mean that every agent is a failure. That every agent is a failure. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean we've never had a victory. It doesn't mean that they aren't doing their best. It means that the model has failed. And the definition of continuing to do the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity as we all know. So it is insane to use that as your answer to what we're doing today. Number three, the government of Mexico is run by the cartels that you're supposed to be fighting. Give me a break, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even need to spend three seconds on that. It's self-explanatory. Ain't gonna happen. Supposed to be fighting? Give me a break, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even need to spend three seconds on that. It's self-explanatory. Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. Okay. Number four. We're burying children in mass graves in southern Texas. Ugh. We don't know who they are. We don't know how they died. I know there's not a single person here who's proud of that. If you want to be proud of your state and you want to be proud of your country, you got to do something about that. So I am part of a group with General Flynn and his sister Mary and with a Yako Boyens, who's done a, a, a yes, who's done a lot to counter child trafficking, and some other people you've never heard about. And we are going to build a monument to all the lost children, the children who've gone missing, the children who've been murdered, the children who've been raped every day till they die, till they die, the children who've died on die, the children who've died on camera. The children have been sacrificed for child pornography. The children have been sacrificed in satanic rituals. You know what I'm talking about. There are people here who know. Take Sol Alinsky's handbook and open it up. There's a dedication to Lucifer in the front. You can say I'm crazy. I don't care. I'm not crazy. I couldn't care less. Sol Alinsky and the Rules for Radicals, one of the great leaders of the Marxist movement, paid homage to Satan. They don't believe in God. I believe in God. I do. I believe in God. They don't believe in God. I believe in God. I do. I believe in God, and I know God will prevail. And I know God will prevail. But I am not okay. I am not okay with knowing that tonight when I go to bed and tomorrow morning when I wake up, there's another child that died in the night in the most horrific way possible. Thank you all. The they most horrific way possible. There's entire city in Mexico, Tenancingo, <laughs> that is built on generations of child rape. And we have a special unit of the Department of Homeland Security called the Tenancingo Unit, based in New York, set up just for that city. That's how long we have known. That's how long we have done nothing. We have done nothing, and it's not okay. And so we say nothing as our schools go digital. We go into a digital world. You know, everything digital, it comes down to this one thing. We don't control it. Somebody else does. Somebody else can decide whether you use your phone. The world, you know, everything digital, it comes down to this one thing. We don't control it. Somebody else does. Somebody else can decide whether you use your phone, use your Wi-Fi, drive your car. I mean, use your Wi-Fi, drive your car, 
I mean, ultimately, they can turn your car off if you have GPS. And, you know, I mean, think of what you're giving up. Think of what you're giving up. There's a lot of people today who talked about left and right. This isn't about left and right. Do this together. That's right. It's not about left and right. And if you don't know about fifth generation warfare and sixth generation warfare and seventh generation warfare, then you have no idea where we're going. And you are walking like a lamb to the slaughter with your eyes closed. You are like those people that marched to Auschwitz and other places. That's what you are like. That's what we're doing. We're sitting literally at the gates of Auschwitz and we're arguing about whether it's climate change or is that really the ashes of human beings rising into the air. This is That's the ashes of this country. That's the ashes of sovereignty, individual sovereignty, national sovereignty. What? This is how simple it is. This is how simple it is. Sir, when you say open society foundation or open borders, what does that mean? Oh, when you say that blood is the secret to anti-aging, how, how much blood, sir? Uh, does it matter how young, I mean, if you're 15 or five or five months old or five days old, does it ha change the potency of that anti-aging component? Where do you get that blood, sir? Okay, so I'm the crazy one for talking about it, but read about it in Politico or USA Today or NBC News. You can find many articles telling you that blood is the secret to aging, but nobody asks the simple follow-up question. That's why at 60 Minutes, they called me the, the follow-up honey badger, because apparently I would never let go until I got an answer. Good for you. It starts there. It starts with never letting go until you get a real answer. And the answers are staring you in the face. Fifth generation warfare is a war of narratives, but by the time you get through sixth and seventh, you're fighting something that isn't even present around us today. You're fighting machines and artificial intelligence, and you're fighting a digital version of you. And if you don't want to go there, you don't have to go there. I hear people say to me, progress is inevitable. You can't stop technology. Well, okay, well then you can't stop the end of humanity. If you don't want your children to live as slaves, then that's, you know, then that's your choice. Because right now, you can still do something about it. And that open border is right at the heart and soul and center of all of these policies. Years ago, I heard a spokesperson for Bernie Sanders say on national television, Chris Matthews at MSNBC made the mistake of saying that Bernie Sanders reminded him of one at one point of, you know, the Nazis. And that something he was doing, you know, was reminiscent of Nazi tactics. Oh boy, not allowed to say that, right? That one cut too close to home. Because really there's no difference between the Nazis and the communists and the fascists. They're all fascists. None of them believe in freedom and none of them believe in God. And that's all you got to know. So you know what he said when he went out making sure that Chris Matthews was targeted and lost his job? He said the days of milk white America are over. And the future of this country is diverse. And that's what every American needs to know. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. Why does he say that? And when he says days are over, how many days exactly? And what does that look like? <laughs> so I'm a journalist. Well, I spent a long time trying to find the population demographics of America because they don't want you to know that more than 75% of this country is still white. So my question is not, I don't, I don't like uh, to deal in issues of race, but I want to know what it is exactly you mean. Well, what it is exactly you mean 
is that we're going to flood the borders of the United States with so many people from so many other places that you will no longer recognize this country. They want you to think it's about race. It's not really about race. It's diluting the people that believe in what this country represents. Diluting the pool of patriots. Getting rid of people who know what the red, white, and blue stands for, or who remember the Alamo. That's what it's about. Because if you dilute the pool of patriots, then step by step, you can go to regional government. And from regional government, you can go to global government. And your individual sovereignty and your national sovereignty are indistinct, in a sense. There's a gentleman here. He's right over there. His name is Glenn Macko. He's poured everything that he owns, everything that he is. I'm not supposed to say this, but sometimes he has to hide from his wife and children because they supported the vaccines and the mandates, and he didn't. He paid a personal price in his home, and he's here if you want to talk to him. He's trying to take down Pfizer, and he can tell you why it's possible. That's what I mean about sacrificing everything. That's what I mean about doing something. You have an opportunity. It's not a burden. It is not a burden. It's not something to be feared. It's something to get down on your knees and be grateful for because your life will mean more than anyone else's. How many of you here have had children? You know, you're looking at, let's face it, I'm 52. I'm in the last half. I know it. I'm in the last half of my life. I'm going to make it count. That's a freedom. I'm not afraid to die. Dying is part of living. We are born and we die. These people don't want to die. They tell you aging, death, these things are a thing of the past. Human beings don't ever have to live like that again. But why would you want to live forever? It's like power. I never wanted it. As I'm not interested in it. It holds nothing for me. I don't care about power or everlasting life. I care about what I do now. I care about the fact that Texas is the number one state in the nation for sex trafficking. Oh. Number one state in the nation for sex trafficking. That's not something to hold your head about. But it doesn't have to be that way. There are many things that can be done. You listen to a lot of people today. I've been talking for too long already. But you listen to a lot of people that told you about things that can be done. And there's one thing I want you to understand. Every little thing fits into a bigger picture, as you all know. So here's a piece of the puzzle. Yes, the Mexican cartels are the real enemy. But who are their allies? Who are their allies? For decades, the Chinese Communist Party That's right. has had people living in countries like Mexico. The Chinese Communist Party is all over Latin America. Yeah. They've married into the cartels. Where did fentanyl come from? Ladies and gentlemen, where did China get it from? They got it. That's where they got it from. States of America. They got it from the Bush administration. They got it from the Biden administration. They got it from every single administration that has been in power and has enabled and facilitated the movement of all of our manufacturing to China and who has not stood up and been honest about what is happening. It is a national security issue when you allow one country to have complete control over the manufacturing of every single pharmaceutical your population needs to survive. And when that was exposed during COVID, what did they do about it? 
Nothing. Where did they find out how to make fentanyl? From the American pharmaceutical companies that outsourced manufacturing to China, who allowed the Chinese Communist Party to put its spies in their companies, who allowed them to steal everything, and then stood by and did nothing while they sent it as a mail-order drug, a few grains at a time. And once Americans were addicted, Donald Trump went to Davos and said to Xi Jinping, you got to ban fentanyl? Oh, he said, with pleasure. You know why? Because Chinese pharmacists were already in Sinaloa, in the mountains, teaching the Mexican cartels how to make it. Because China doesn't care about the money. No, they don't. So what do they care about? They Dominance. Care about unrestricted drug warfare. There's all kinds of unrestricted warfare. There's unrestricted immigration warfare, by the way. There's unrestricted drug warfare. How did the Chinese lose to the British in the opium wars? Because Britain bought a different form of opium from India. They learned hundreds, more than a hundred years ago about the cost of not paying attention to drug warfare. People who are addicted to drugs don't pay taxes. They don't join the military. They don't raise stable families. They don't go to work every Monday morning. They don't. Their lives are a mess. And it's a roll of the dice if their kids make it out. That's not a stable foundation for a country. This country is already at war. And I would put to you that all these people yelling from the rooftops about the Chinese invading, who are the allies of the Chinese? Not just Democrats. There are Republicans and Democrats all over our government who are in bed with the Chinese. Some of them are taking money. Some of them get other things. Some of them go on business trips and have sex with little boys and they get caught and they don't want to admit it. Ask General Flynn. When he was appointed by Trump as national security advisor, he said there were so many thousands of members of the national security state that all forms of counterintelligence and security had gone out of the window. Literally out of the window. The Chinese Communist Party has been infiltrating people into our colleges for years. The Obama administration extended their visas. Secretary Kerry, thank you very much. Our universities are completely bored out. They're teaching studies according that the Chinese Communist Party want. They're used to fat salaries and luxurious campuses that could never be sustained without the money from foreign entities. And then they send their spies out into American families, American towns, American businesses. This country is so infiltrated that when the DEA launched Operation Python years ago against Cartel Jalisco Nueva Generacion, CJNG, and arrested more than 700 members of that cartel on U.S. soil and seized billions of dollars, guess what it did to the operations of CJNG, according to the DEA? Nothing. They didn't miss a step. The cartels have gone into towns and cities across America, bought up property. So have the Chinese. They work hand in hand. And they work, They are in bed with people within this government. So I don't buy the saber rattling. Doesn't mean the threat isn't real. But look beyond the surface to what you're really looking at. And you should know if you have children and if you have grandchildren, they are being indoctrinated in the schools in Texas in small towns and big cities. It is happening all over this state. 
and people who are at Moms for Liberty and Moms for America, they're branded as extremists. Thank you. Thank you. I heard him. Branded as extremists, him. targeted as terrorists. That's actually happening on our watch. You know, anybody here from Gillespie County, vote for Dennis McCandless because he's the only guy. He's the only guy that doesn't brand Moms for Liberty as an extremist organization. That's in a conservative town, in a conservative part in the heart of the hill country of Texas. I have moms coming to me from places, Leandra and New Braunfels and all over. Their kids are being taught to be furries in the classroom. Yeah. Wow. So it's not a time for celebrating. Time is short. If you ask General Flynn, he'll tell you we have 18 months or less. But I will end on this note. When 60 Minutes has to do a puff piece on Ray Epps pretending he's not a federal informant, most likely, I can't confirm that. So for the lawyers, I don't know for sure, but I know what journalism is, and that wasn't it. Yeah. That's a sign of desperation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a sign that they're losing control of the narratives. And when Mike Morrell, the former deputy director of the CIA, has to admit under oath to the Judiciary Committee that he lied about Hunter Biden's laptop, that it was orchestrated by the Biden campaign, and that his motive was yes. to sway the election so Biden could win, and I couldn't care, you could replace Biden's name with anyone else's. When you admit to doing that, you're admitting to guilt, you're admitting to conspiracy. You're laying out your intent, and somebody's got you by the balls. Yes! That's what that means. Yes! Hold, find a target, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on for dear life, and don't stop, because... I don't know if we had a battery run out or what. Sheila suddenly started tra stopped transmitting. 